My guest today is Phil Kohler. He's here to talk about his review of Horizon Zero Dawn. My name is Justin McElroy, and you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Phil, welcome back to the program. Hello, thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to have you here with me uh, on Quality Control. You've probably been here more than anybody, I would guess. I I would guess so. Um, I do more work than anybody on this mm-hmm. so-called website. So, um, let's talk about. I'm very excited because I've been playing a good chunk of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, um, and I'm very excited to talk more about it with you, Phil Kohler. Yeah. Um, the uh, what was your expectation going into this for for this game? Um, sort of what's your history with Gorilla? Like, how do you feel about their other products? And, and where were you at, like, before you went into Horizon? Yeah, so Gorilla, you know, they're mostly known for the, uh, the Killzone series of shooters. And uh, I've never been a huge Killzone fan. Um, I think of all of those games, I thought Killzone 2, which was the first PlayStation 3 entry, uh, was, was probably the best, the most interesting of the bunch. Um, but I, I, I've just never been super into it. I always thought they were a little bit generic, uh, just not enough there to pull me, pull me through. Mm. That said, uh, when I saw Horizon Zero Dawn's announcement at E3 a couple of years ago, um, I was, I was immediately super into it. Um, I just, I love the, the art style. I love the aesthetic, uh, I love the idea of hunting giant robots that are shaped like dinosaurs. I think that's all cool stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So Great I was just angle. immediately very, very sold on it. And uh, so I, w- I was hopeful, cautiously optimistic. Um, I try to be, I try to, I try to go into most of my reviews with that similar attitude of like, I would like this to be good. Um, and as it turned out with Horizon Zero Dawn, it was, uh, in my opinion, better than good. It was. I, I very quickly discovered a great game, um, one that I'm incredibly, uh, I was very surprised and happy with, I should say. Um, I, one of the things that uh, struck me th- throughout this game is it's obviously building on some established systems. I think there's a good amount of uh, Far Cry in there. It's probably the closest uh, um, relative, I would say, even though it's a very different game. Um, but the thing that struck me about Horizon Zero Dawn, one one of the things, is it just full of so many small, smart ideas. Just really, like, I kept being struck while I was playing with with the thought, like, wow, that's really smart. Like, what a, what a good idea. I hope other games steal that. Did you have any moments like that and any, any ones that you could highlight? Uh, in ter- sorry, could you repeat that? Yeah, I, I uh, let me clarify actually with a yeah. with an example. Yes, um, one of the little smart quality of life things uh, you can, um, in order to get most of the higher grade weapons and armor in the game, you need to not only pay their metal shards, but they're basically you know, zenny. <laughs> uh, yes. Even though you do use them for crafting, so yeah, they're not exactly metal shards, but metal shards, um, and and usually an item of some sort, um, be it an animal skin or uh, a, a part from one of the robotic monsters that are um, uh, uh, in the in the landscape. Um, but one of the really one of the really cool things is uh, 
if you don't have the items you need for a, to buy a particular weapon, you can push a button and it will actually turn it into a side quest. Yes. So when you're out in the world, you can activate that side quest and it will remind you of the items you need. And in some cases, even point you to where you might be able to harvest the things you need yeah. for yeah. that weapon. So- I, I see what you're saying now. And yeah, I think you're hundred percent right. There's, there's a lot of these little quality of life things. I was actually just talking about this, uh, the other day with our friend, Christopher plant, who you may know. Um, I think a lot of what makes horizon zero Dawn a great game are these little things that are, that are subtle that you may not even notice, um, that, that you might not pick up on until, you know, very late in the process. Um, but, but they all come together and they, they turn it into something really special. Uh, Another thing that I would uh, would point to is the HUD in the game. Um, I've I've seen some people look at screenshots and say, "Wow, the the HUD looks very busy, right? It looks like there's a lot going on. It looks a little overwhelming." One of the one of the cool things Gorilla has put in the HUD is completely uh, every every element of it is optional. You can turn off every little piece of the HUD or turn it all back on depending on what you want. Um, so you can kind of, you can kind of, uh, make the experience what you want it to be from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, another, another great idea is, you know, this is a game that's about crafting, right? As you said, mm-hmm. um, that includes crafting ammunition. Um, but they have, they've put in this system where you tap a button to open up the menu that lets you switch to different pieces, uh, different weapons and different types of ammo. And you can craft on the fly in that menu, and it slows down time while you're in the menu so that you can like in the middle of a battle be crafting, you know, dodge an enemy's attack as you're crafting a bunch of arrows. Yeah, it is and really then you have those arrows. and it, it just it feels good and it, like jumping it, off a cliff and and realizing you don't have the fire arrow you need to finish that the guy on fire and literally yeah. crafting it as you fall. And in some cases you're crafting 10 arrows at once, which is like pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not entirely sure of the the logistics of how that right. works, but it's a uh, it's well done and it feels it just feels good, right? It's it's really smart too. How I'm somebody who, if items are expendable in games, I tend to sit on them. So like I'm somebody who doesn't like to use a lot of um, <clears throat> bombs or traps or whatever because I feel like. I, it's that thing of getting to the end of Final Fantasy. I, I said this on the Besties too. Um, is that thing getting to the end of Final Fantasy with 99 potions because I was yep. afraid to use any of my potions the entire time. Um, but this really subverts that because the resources you need for, um, it's basically just a way to keep you from spamming them because the resources you need to make them are readily available. Like if you put any effort into picking stuff up, like you're almost, oh, I never didn't have the materials I needed yeah. to make something. So like, you're with the exception of like carrying capacity upgrades and stuff like that, but you're, there's not, not really a reason to sit on your cooler weapons because you can always just make more. Yeah. And I would even go so far as to say, uh, you're, you're urged to use those cooler weapons and, and like traps and, and, um, and bombs and stuff that stuff that, uh, that has a greater effect on enemies because if you're just pinging all of your enemies with arrows, like the the harder enemies in the game are going to take a long time to kill if you're just using arrows, and those fights aren't going to be particularly fun. Um, they're not going to be super engaging. But if you start like laying down traps, if you start using like you know you start using your your sling to shoot freezing bombs at it, uh, 
you know, all sorts of weird, um, different, interesting strategies that you can take. And that's when I think that's when those fights become really engaging um, because there are so many ways to like take these creatures down and so many things that you can do to make the fights uh, a lot more fun than if you just sit back and, you know, lob arrows for 10 minutes. Yeah, I would really urge people actually um, to put the time into trying to get the highest grade. There's like three tiers of each of the weapons, sort of a, a green, blue and purple with the purple being the best, but they are not just more powerful. They actually can use different types of ammunition. Yeah. Um, and it's well worth like putting the effort into trying to get those purple weapons as soon as possible, because they really do open up a lot of uh, different tactics that you can use. Um, my personal favorite, uh, they're, they're sort of a precision bow, um, the sort of a sniper kind of vibe to it, but it fires an arrow called the tear blast arrow, that uh, it doesn't do any damage, but explodes and can blow armor and different components off of animals. I found myself yeah. using that one a lot. Yeah, absolutely. You, I have I've talked to some people who have found themselves sort of getting into ruts in in combat. Um, was that an issue for you? Did, did you feel compelled to sort of mix it up a lot or did you have tactics that you sort of fell back on? Uh, so I, I definitely I would say for like the first um probably the first 10 to 15 hours. It's a fairly long game, right? First 10 to 15 hours, I feel like I I I had a cycle that I kind of used for most enemies. Um I kind of focused on as soon as I had access to fire arrows, I used fire arrows a lot. Um and I kind of stuck to the same uh the same rotation for all enemies. Um as I got deeper into the game, both to to keep myself interested, but also because they start throwing bigger enemies at you more often. Mm -hmm. um, I found myself mixing it up a lot more. And that's, that's really when I started uh, really enjoying it. Like before that, I thought the game was fun. I was, I was mostly enjoying it, but that's when I started really loving the game mm -hmm. was when I, when I kind of both, I forced myself and the game pushed me to kind of, uh, to mix things up more. Um, if there's any weakness uh, around this system, I would say it's that, the game doesn't ever force you to, like it doesn't it doesn't really uh make you try out these different tactics right 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 um when you get a new weapon it gives you like a quest so that you can kind of learn to use that weapon um but you can also just totally ignore that uh those are very poorly handled by the way that is one of my few complaints with this <laughs> sure, we were talking about sure. the smartness of it it's very poorly handled because you have to deactivate whatever quest you're on to activate those tutorial quests yeah which seems yeah. like a very goofy way of going about it yeah, it seems like it's something that could benefit from if you could have, like, multiple quests active at one time or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least for those. Yeah, at least for those. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's like, one of the, the few, like, weaknesses, I would say, with the game. If there was a way for the game to, like, push people towards using that stuff more often. Because, like I said, you can, you can just take down creatures using the same, the same tactics over and over. You can just stick to arrows if you want. It's just not going to be super fun if you do that. Yeah, it's sort of if, if you I found myself sort of evolving as I went. It, it's interesting because the game is it's not punishing, I would say. But if you get sloppy, you will get killed. Like yeah. almost all the enemies can mess you up in a very profound way um, if you don't have your head on a swivel. So especially in those situations yeah, where you get with multiple big enemies, you really have to get very smart very quickly. Like and if that means like 
it, it basically means if there's two at one at once, you need to find some way of ameliorating that situation before you start attacking anyone because two enemies at once almost always will mess you up pretty bad. Yeah. Can I give a like a, a anecdote that was like the moment when I realized I really loved this game? Please. Uh and it relates to the two enemies at once is uh so I had gotten a trophy already, you know, this is probably twenty hours into the game. I, I had unlocked the trophy for um you've killed all the different types of robots. And I was like, oh, cool. I guess I've seen all the different types of robots. Uh, and I'm running through a deserty region, you know, kind of sand, desert, hot, arid. Um, and as I'm running through, all of a sudden, the ground starts shaking. And this giant robot sandworm comes, you know, pops out of the ground. And I've never seen one of these before. I never um, saw that. You never saw the robot sandworm? No, I never I'm saw that. Uh, well, spoil it. it. I never. I didn't see it. Wow. As it as it turns out, I had got the trophy for defeating all of the attack robots, but these the sandworms are part of the gatherer robot class, um, so it's a different thing. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, I start fighting it, and then a second one pops up right next to it. So suddenly, I'm in this like. Knock down, drag out fight with two of these giant robot sandworms that I've never fought before. So I'm completely, you know, having to learn new tactics on the fly. Um, it ends up being this incredible, epic, like 15 minute battle, uh, this war of attrition. I use literally almost all my resources. I'm out of healing potions. I'm out of the the medicinal herbs that you can use to heal up. I have I have nothing left. And I'm almost dead. And that's when I take out the second worm. And then that's not even the end. This is the best part. I'm I'm sitting there harvesting from them. And the uh there's these flying enemies called the glint hawks. Yeah. And the robot the robots have their kind of their own little ecosystem. And a couple of glint hawks spot these giant worm corpses and swoop down because when they see corpses of other robots, they they come in to salvage them. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of like they're, they're sort they're of vultures. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they swoop down and then they see me. So suddenly now with no resources, I'm in this uh, secondary fight with these uh, this, you know, small band of glint hawks. Uh, it was it was just this incredible moment of like surprise in seeing this new uh, enemy. Um, just the struggle of trying to defeat two of these new enemies at the same time. And then witnessing like the the natural ecosystem of the game at work and how that threw me into the next fight. Um, it's it was so cool. You you mentioned not having the tactics you needed or having to learn new tactics, and that was one of the things that I just adored is that you really do. It gives you that sense of yeah, you know that bit in the uh, uh, in Princess Bride when after they've been there in the fire swamp for a little while, like they're just handling stuff right away like they they hear the pops and they know to get it out of the way of the fire uh horizon really has that feeling for me once you figure out a smart way of killing certain enemies it really does make you feel like a real badass like uh, you mentioned glint hawks um after fighting them and being completely annoyed by them for a long time i found that if you can get you have a a basically a, they call it a rope caster but it's basically a tether yeah that you can tether enemies to the ground so if you hit them with two tethers 
you can get in two critical hits that are uh, enough to bring them down. So like when I go into a new situation, I was actually like analyzing it in that way where games don't really do that a lot, uh, a lot of times, like more enemies means, you know, you maybe you have to play it a little safer, but it, with horizon, you really have to say, okay, there's two glint Hawks though. I can probably avoid them long enough, or I can go ahead and take them out fairly quickly and let myself focus on this other guy who needs whatever. Uh, um, uh, like there's some enemies that if you set them on fire, mm-hmm. you weak special weak points open up. So, yeah. which is like, it's just very cool. I just yeah, fire I, was my my approach. I definitely used the rope caster some with the glint hawks, but fire was my approach for them as well because if you if you set them on fire, they will come crashing to the ground. And if you're really if you if you can angle it well enough so that you're right by them when they come crashing to the ground, you can do like a special attack that like does extra damage to them. Um, I want to I want to talk about the story, but first I'd like to nitpick a little bit. We talked about sure. the tutorial thing being annoying. Are there? Uh, I, I I had a couple of um, small issues with the game, nothing huge. Um, I did find that I was getting a little burnt out on looting. Um, I thought there was a lot of looting. That, did that bother you at all, or how did you like the landscape is literal? I mean, it's littered with things to pick up. How did you sort of mediate that? Yeah, definitely by, uh, you know, as I approached the probably the last third of the game, um, I I became a little bit less worried about collecting everything I could. Um, and I, I definitely hit a point where I had to worry about resource management, not in terms of do I have the things I need to craft what I want, but more in terms of my bag is full again. So I need to like, before I go do this mission, I need to go stop off at a uh, at um you know, at a merchant and sell some of my stuff so that I have more space. Um, and you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't like super bothered by that. Um, I didn't like kill the pacing for me at any point, but I do think that's something that, you know, in, in the future, if they do a sequel to this game or a follow up or whatever, um, they could certainly improve on that. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else, any other little, little quibbles that you had or are overall fairly enjoyable experience. No, I, I loved it. I loved it. Um, yeah. If you, do you want to talk about the story a little bit? Yes, I would like to actually, um, for me, I thought it was kind of like, kind of a triumph, (laughs) like kind of like amazing to have a video game story that this is one of the few, and I heard them mention this on the Bombcast, I think. It's one of the few games that you think is about to end and then doesn't and goes on for many hours after that, where it does not feel like an utter slog. Where yeah, like, yeah, that's well said. It really has other like, oh, this is actually, I'm actually really engaged um, the, w- w- with with the story. What, were, what was your take? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the thing that surprised me the most is that there are so many games out already that are in these post-apocalyptic settings, right? It's become mm-hmm. kind of a, a very cliched video game thing. We've seen so many like zombie post-apocalypse and and the sort of nuclear post-apocalypse of the Fallout series. And it feels like very well-trodden ground. What's cool about Horizon Zero Dawn is that it's post-apocalyptic, but it's way, way in the future, right? It's like thousands of years after the apocalypse. And it's... It's it has its own extremely unique vision. Um, it's very informed by sort of Native American, South American uh, style in in its uh, aesthetic, 
And obviously, like, the robot thing is something that's totally um, different from what we've seen in in many other post-apocalyptic settings. So I think that that really pulled me through and and got me invested in this world and made me want to um, understand more of it. Um, I think the other thing that surprised me as I went is, you know, I don't think it's, like, the best written game in the world by any means, right? Like, it's not like... It's not like the there, dialogue. A, a good amount of cliche, I think, in the in the dialogue itself. Absolutely, it's not like the dialogue is like incredibly deep or or you know superb. Um, but what I found myself happy with is is that despite that, it it manages to build some pretty interesting characters mm-hmm. and characters who I found myself like initially. I was like, I don't really care about this person. I'm just going on this mission with them. But by the end of the game, I was kind of invested in them. And I was like, oh, oh, that guy. I remember that guy. Hell yeah. I'm glad he's back or, you know, whatever it would be. Uh, and and it definitely like, you know, the game ended and I was I was. I I had that thought of like, I can't wait to see what they do with the next one, which the performances really helped to elevate that, I think. Yes. Um, Ashley Birch is fantastic as Aloy. Um, the guy playing Errand, I, I believe is his name, which is a yeah. pretty hilarious guy a name for a dude you go on a lot of side quests with. Yes, uh, it, uh, it is very. It's a very cool. Like he's kind of a drunk, but you know his heart's in the right place, kind of thing. Um, yeah, very cool, very very neat character. And yeah, that's it's exactly where... that's exactly the kind of character. Like like he was exactly the kind of character where you meet him initially, and I'm like. Oh, he's just like the warrior guy who you go on side quests with. Didn't seem like there was anything more to it, but by the end of the game, I'm like, oh, he's my he's my good drunk friend. I love him, and he mm-hmm. he's had his own little story arc, and he's he's gotten you know like he's had some plot beats and everything. Um, the one thing, and and this is maybe belongs in that that uh, nitpick category. The one thing I will say for the story, and that uh, I hope that they can improve on if they if they do ever follow it up, is. Um, I think the performances were good. I think they were hurt a little bit by the the way that the story is presented, which is most of the dialogue sequences are these like static back and forth. Um, yeah, just the camera staring at the character who's speaking. No, you know, no cinematography, and the characters, you know, the characters look very nice, but when you have the camera just staring at them while they're speaking, it's very uncanny valley. Um, it it you know, took me out of the experience a little bit as I like stared into Aloy's uh, dead r- robot eyes. And I was yeah. just like, I didn't. Uh. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's made more problematic by the fact that it's a very odd choice, but about 50, 50 split in cinematics between you can uh, pulse through lines as you read them. If you have subtitles up or yeah. a button press makes you skip an entire cinematic and like, yeah, yeah. they're not, a lot of them are not enjoyable just to watch. Uh, they're like just from a cinematography perspective. They're like they need uh, what they need is like an injection of that sort of uncharted thing of yeah. a lot of conversations happening as the action is is taking place. You know, in transit. Yeah, that sort it's, of thing. it's tough because you know, obviously, compared to something like Uncharted or even compared to other open world games like like the Far Cry games. They were obviously going for more story than than average for those games. They wanted more plot, more background. Uh, a lot of it's optional, but if you want to sit through all this dialogue, you get to learn a lot of stuff. And because I was interested in the world, I wanted to learn all that stuff, so I did sit through a lot of it. But I wish it had been presented in a in a you know more engaging way. 
Yeah, uh, uh, room to grow for sure, but it has me really excited for another one. Um, I'm I gotta say, I'll throw this out. I'm, I'm gonna throw this out just in case, just in case uh, any of the developers are listening to this. Um, one of the first things I told somebody as soon as I finished the game: if Guerrilla Games is not working on a sequel that that adds co-op, then they're oh, doing. That'd be so good. It's gotta be. We gotta do get co-op in the second one. That would be amazing. And hey, Guerrilla Games, if you are listening, um, and I know you would never agree to this in person, but uh, I'm super happy you guys busted out, of, or guys and gals, I'm sure, busted out of uh, Killzone Prison. I'm very happy that you're <laughs> no longer stuck on Killzone Island and are afraid Congrats to your escape. Yeah, I'm so you're happy just... you guys don't have to do that anymore because uh, 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 you had a lot, uh, you you all were good. I feel so bad for slacking you up for 10 years. Oh. <laughs> I just didn't enjoy Killzone games. I, you know, maybe uh, there are a lot of Killzone fans, and I'm some, sure are, some are probably listening to this. And uh, maybe, maybe Gorilla will return to Killzone one day. Maybe the big secret of Horizon Zero Dawn is that it takes place in the Killzone universe. We don't know. Do you know what, Phil? I kept waiting for that reveal, and I then I realized so that unless I, unless a character said, you know, like in Killzone, I literally would not. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's going to do it for us this week. We went a little long, but this is a really cool game, so I don't feel bad about it whatsoever. Um, if you want to read Phil's review, it is on polygon.com. Uh, there's videos of this game at youtube.com slash polygon and, uh, on our site. Um, there's, there's a lot more for you to check out. Um, and we, we hope you will, you will do that. Um, Charlie Hall should be with you next week. Uh, but until then, my name is Justin McElroy for Phil Kohler. Thanks for listening to Polygon's quality control. 